I kind of felt like when I got here that I'd kind of blown my shot at having a family, at um, having a career, at making any kind of a difference in the world. Um, but seeing, you know, this plan, the little bit that he lets me see. <laughs> if I saw too much of it, I'd self-will my way through it, so it wouldn't be good. But just to see that um, that he created me with a purpose. Welcome to Effective Heart Change, where we are passionate about becoming life givers in our circle of influence. We invite you to join us as we plunge into topics that will be helpful to you and helpful to the people around you. Welcome today, Heather. We're glad to have you in studio to find out a little bit more about who you are and just what God's been doing in your life. Wow. Well, there's a lot to talk about then. <laughs> he has done a lot. It is interesting. You haven't been with us all that long, uh, just really a matter of a few months. And in that time, I've just seen such incredible movement. There's been intensity of emotion many, many times, including even this morning. I, I saw just different emotions as God was moving in your life. And so we want to take a few minutes and debrief a little bit of that. If you were to say the biggest movement of God in my life has been, just respond to what that would look like. Wow. Um, my, my salvation experience was, without a doubt, powerful, impactful. I was blessed with having an experience that not many people that I've heard of have had. Um, I had gotten really far off into the brambles, and uh, Jesus left the 99 and came and retrieved me in a miraculous way. Yeah, it's hard to not get emotional about it. Can you be a little bit more specific in terms of what, what was going on in your life, and how did it happen? What did it, that look like? For many years, I was seeking to grow spiritually uh, due to trauma in my childhood that had fed into alcoholism and drug addiction, um, difficulty in personal relationships, particularly romantic ones, trouble in work with finances, lost custody of my children. I mean, there was just years and years of dysfunction. and. Um, Eventually, um, thank thankfully, I was led to a 12-step program that suggested a spiritual means of uh, addressing those issues in my life. Um, but it was a very broad pathway <laughs> that was offered. And so I got really off into everything from yoga to astrology and metaphysical Christianity and um, 
mystical, Judaism, <laughs> everything you could possibly imagine, I was seeking. Um, and, oh, wow, uh, I got really lost, very confused, um, without any real firm foundation. And uh, I kept going further and further into drug use. Um, in the name of spirituality, started using hallucinogens and cannabis and um, those types of things, trying to have a mystical experience in order to solve my problems. And um, all it did was open me up to um, greater dysfunction, demonic influence, uh, worse, more and more using, deeper depressions. I just got really, really lost. Finally, um, through miraculous divine intervention, God connected me with someone who knew the Bible. And I began reading the Bible and praying um, in the name of Jesus and finding out what the Word says. And the Holy Spirit just started working in me, breaking off those ties, showing me how misled I had been. And um, in a very gentle and loving way, convicting me um, that this was the only way. I had gotten lost in the very worldly, um, secular worldview that, you know, all paths lead to God and everything is good. And I, uh, which sounds fantastic. Unfortunately, it's not true <laughs> at all, and just uh, led to a lot of deception and a lot of pain. Um, so God, like I said, very powerfully but very gently um, moved in my heart and in my life over the course of about nine months um, as I started ridding myself of everything that I had sought to fix myself. No more yoga, no more Reiki, no more um, metaphysical books. And then I spent about two and a half years of nothing but reading the Bible, reading the Word, praying, going to different churches, um, and just allowing God to teach me things that I'd never been taught. Um, my parents are Christians. Um, we went to church as I was growing up, on and off, but I never really had a firm biblical foundation in my life, and I never had, um, I just never had anyone to show me the truth. And, uh, you know, God started putting people in my life through various programs. Um, I was in jail, and the j prison ministry came in. I can't tell you how powerful that was for me to have people who were willing to reach into the jail and bring the word to us and do weekly Bible studies with us. And then I would read in between and I just got on fire for, for the word. And yeah, it's been an amazing process. You speak of this as a process. Was there a particular point that it just it came alive and it's like, now I know, or was it more of a, the light came on and I came to a conclusion, I saw God at work in my life? 
I would say there were flashes of recognition. Um, first, that the Bible was the truth and the way. Then, of my own, um, my own sins, um, the Holy Spirit was very patient with me, but also, you know, I had dreams, I had um, revelations of of my sins, and God gave me this loving call to come to Him in repentance. I went to a church in Austin, Texas, and uh, had a very powerful experience there um, where I went down for altar call, um, was invited by the pastor to come and um, say the sinner's prayer, the believer's prayer, and ask Jesus into my heart. So I had that experience there. Um, so there were, there were a few key moments, I'd say. I'd been homeless for three and a half years and living in that state of just making ends meet every day. Where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to eat? Am I going to go to this mission? Am I going to go to this shelter? I'd been in the survival mode. And so after I got here to the Omega Project, this sense of safety and of being able to settle in um, was so key to me. Um, having that, that safe layer laid down and starting to be able to, to breathe. What happened during that time, as I started to feel safe, I was able to hear the things that were being taught um, in the classes. We were doing dead dogs at that point, and God was connecting some of the pain that I had had around guilt and shame from losing custody of my children when they were little due to my alcoholism with unforgiveness in my heart of my parents. And um, we had a moment where you had said the word shame during, and, and tears just started. I didn't even mean for them to fall. I've been playing make-believe so much of my life that I, I think that I'm able to hold it together, but I wasn't at all. Um, and you saw that, and you offered to pray with me. Uh, it was a huge, huge experience for me where I was able to ask God for forgiveness for harboring resentment toward my parents. And um, I began asking him to soften my heart toward them. I'd been praying for God to restore my family and to reconnect us particularly my children. I'd been praying for them to forgive me and hadn't realized that what I was holding on to was blocking me from being, the unforgiveness and resentment was blocking me from being able to receive the grace of God. And um, it was something I believe that God needed me to do before he could begin the restoration in my family. And uh, that prayer that we said and doing the Dead Dogs Intensive Weekend really opened those channels in a supernatural way. You know, intellectually, I, I got it. Okay, I'm harboring resentment. That's causing difficulty in my life. I, I got that. But when I saw the supernatural movement of that and how God began reuniting me 
with that family, including my parents. Uh, I was just marveled. I marveled at at his goodness, at, wow, this thing really works. <laughs> you know, this is real. Um, yeah, so I started to have more of an, exper- an experience of God's power, not just what was happening to me internally in the Word, but watching it play out in my life and watching it play out in my children's lives as, as I had conversations with them where they told me that they had forgiven me. And my youngest son, wow, that was a powerful moment. Uh, you know, I wanted to make amends to my children, and, and I told my son, my youngest, you know, I, uh, I said, I told, I shared with him that I would, had been afraid that his childhood and my not being there in the way that I wanted to be, should have been, um, had impacted him in a negative way now that he's in college and married. And it was just a really, a huge fear of mine, something that I wouldn't be able to undo. And he said, you know what, mom, I don't let my childhood hold me back and you shouldn't let my childhood hold you back. And I was just, (laughs) oh my gosh, I, I couldn't, the wisdom that was coming out of his mouth, the grace that he was extending to me, you know, I had, I'd prayed a prayer and very honestly had surrendered my children to God. They had loved God, had gone to Sunday school, had been baptized, and I just said, Lord, I know that they asked you into your heart into their hearts when they were children. And if I never I had to surrender, if I never get to see them ever again, what I really want is for them to have a relationship with you, like what he's showing me how to do. And it was that that true surrender um, to God as their father, not only mine, but theirs, that uh, I think really opened God up to move in their hearts in a miraculous way because all of them now are we're in contact and we're talking and we're talking about real stuff you know in a in a very loving spirit-led way that I didn't anticipate at all yeah well thank you thank you for that testimony We've just come off from a 19-week series, if you put it all together. We did the Let It Go series, and then we did the King's Seat series and the Good Grief series, and all of those are talking about exactly what your testimony is about, where I'm learning to hand things off to God, to make room for God to work supernaturally in my life. That's so much of a passion for me, is that idea of we don't want to just talk about the things of God. We, we want to walk in that thing. We want to demonstrate how the Holy Spirit works in people's lives, and your, your testimony's done a great job of that. I, 
make one note here for those who aren't aware. Dead dogs may be language in the Omega Project, but uh, it doesn't necessarily translate. I wrote a book called Dead Dogs on the Highway, Overcoming the Stench of Unforgiveness, and it translates that idea of these wounds that are in our life are, are like dead dogs laying on the highway, and they're creating a stench. And so you're referring to that in, in your testimony and how when you saw that concept and you learned to hand those things off to God, there was a healing and there was life that showed up. So the, the resentment that I had held toward my mom was huge. And uh, when I was able to be reunited with them over the holidays, one of the most beautiful things that, that God really did was giving me this moment of peace, um, just sitting in the living room and allowing my mom to share with me how she had been praying, how she had been hurt, um, and giving her that same grace and love that I felt here, allowing her to feel safe in, in being honest about those things with me. And it occurred to me that maybe no one had ever done that for her before, you know, that maybe she had never had anybody to just hear her pain and how beautiful it was to be able to be in a place where I felt healed enough to be able to hear how my actions had impacted her. It really built a bridge between the two of us. And I couldn't have done that. It was so obviously the work of God. Um, nothing I could have imagined. And for my sister and her daughters and my father to all witness this happening between the two of us after seven years of being estranged and a, really my whole lifetime of having difficulties with one another um, was truly a miraculous demonstration of that supernatural aspect of surrender, of turning over to God. And she had done the same thing. He had moved in her heart the same way. And I had no idea. We were not in connection with each other. And he was working on both of us at the same time. The greatest thing you can do for your children or for those who you love is to be a man or woman of God. She was allowing God to work in her life. And just maybe that was the spiritual authority you needed to get that release to work in your life. Amen. Amen. You know, you've also talked a lot about generations, and her mother was an amazing woman of God. The, she's my spiritual role model, I guess you could say. And I've thought about her as well and how she must have prayed for us before she passed away. Um, knowing what we had, the challenges that we were already facing at that point, because I was in adolescence when she passed. And I know that she must have prayed for us even before that, and that it had passed on that same spiritual heritage. Thank God. Well, I knew your testimony would be a great follow-up to the Let It Go and the King's Seat and the Good Grief series that we had, and that it would actually be an example of that. And so it's been fun. Thank you. Let's do one more thing. Just as you think back over the last few months, 
again, I've seen a lot of work of God in you, and you've been wrestling with different things, handing different things off. If there was one other truth, one other experience, something else that you would say, hey, here's, here's something else I'd like to share about. I was able to um, join the retreat, um, the Vision Quest retreat. And it was very interesting to me because I went in thinking that I was pretty self-aware <laughs> and having an idea of what to expect you know, that I, that I already knew about my spiritual gifting and maybe that it would help me have some insight into the other women in the program, how I can be of service to others. As we went through it, I started to see more of, <clears throat> more about myself, more of the reasons why I'd had challenges in relationships. Um, and the idea of the vertical communication pattern versus the horizontal communication pattern was pretty new for me. We'd gone over it in cross steps to a degree, but this was more in an interpersonal, relational way, um, aspect, I guess, more about my connection with humans, which has been a challenge for me my whole life. Um, so learning more about myself has enabled me to forgive myself to a degree for, um, for the challenges that I've had, to see that that's part of how God has created me, that he's created me to have relationships in a certain way, and that he has gifted me with a certain character that he can use. Um, wow. I mean, with my background, to think that he's set me up to be of service for his glory um, in this greater picture is the hope, I think, that I needed for a new life. You know, I've had, I felt like I'd already had all that. I kind of felt like when I got here that I'd kind of blown my shot at having a family, at, um, having a career, making any kind of a difference in the world. Um, but seeing, you know, this plan, the little bit that he lets me see. <laughs> if I saw too much of it, I'd self-will my way through it, so it wouldn't be good. But just to see that, um, that he created me with a purpose and that some of these things about myself that I fought and that I thought were so flawed were really just my attempts to fix myself, to fix my life, to find my place in the world. Um, and that with his guidance and, and turning those things over to him and living more in him and having more of my time and attention and focus go to building my relationship with him. He's going to show me how to use those characteristics and gifts that he's given me to have a greater influence on the people around me in a way that I couldn't do before. You know, I suffered from burnout. I worked in um, drug addiction and alcohol recovery, and I suffered from burnout and, and frustration and confusion about why can't I have a greater impact on the people that I'm working with. And 
And it was because I was living in that, in that good flesh, just constantly trying to do it on my own and, and, and push in the, the best way I knew how. Um, but realizing that I wa- maybe I wasn't as far off as I thought I was, um, it just needs to be redirected, kind of tempered and redirected to more of a reliance on him and allowing him to work through me the way that he's intended. Um, it's given me a new hope for my future that I, I wasn't anticipating. One of the ways that I see that God is really working in my life in a, in, a, in a really impactful way that's been surprising to me has been through prayer with other people. Um, prayer has been something that I've done alone in my prayer closet, as Jesus told us to do. Um, and I'm so thankful for it. It's, it's grown me um, and grown my relationship and sense of intimacy with him. So when I got here, I was really nervous about praying out loud and praying with other people. And one of the really, just really cool things that God's done is inspired women around me to say, hey, can you come pray with me? And then we pray together. And this new, um, this new angle on how to be of service. I mean, I can't think of anything greater that could really impact the life of somebody else around me than praying with them, than hearing them pray and them hearing me pray. So that's something really neat that God has only just started doing, and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. Well, thank you. I've so appreciated having you in studio and hearing your words. And I hope that you've been blessed by this. This testimony is an excellent example of how to become a life giver in your sphere of influence. Heather has shared many things that could be helpful to you. And week by week, we want to give you new insights. Thank you for joining us on Effective Heart Change.